Welcome back to the Sports Zone Overtime Podcast. We're your hosts, Garen Schantz, and sitting next to me is Malik Wright. How you doing, Garen? It's been been way too long since I've seen you, man. Yeah, it's doing good. We've been out of the game for quite a while. Yeah, big show today. Big show. And sitting across from us is Coach Charity Blackman. While she's running the booth, let's jump right into our first topic, North Texas football. After being demolished 69-31 to by last chance Kiffin, Malik, Tell us a little bit about what you saw. I saw a very, a very hungover, hungover team. Maybe a nice Florida weather, sort of vacation scene after a big win. Uh, just had them down. They were down the whole game. Uh, Sixty nine points given up. It was. I, I, I. They need to throw that game away. Yeah, and going off that game, Jeffrey Wilson, eleven carries for forty nine yards, one touchdown. That's not enough for the top one of the top running backs in college football. Mason Fine, two interceptions. Defense looked even worse than they have all year and didn't even think that was possible. Uh, they couldn't stop FAU's three-headed monster at the running back position. One of them went over, for, went over 100, and both of their other two guys went over 70 yards, and both had each one of them had a touchdown. Uh, t- should fans be worried? Uh, just playing against a team with an explosive offense like that and struggling definitely should be signs for concern during our bowl game and during our conference championship game and against other good teams. But thankfully, we play Old Dominion this week, uh, only two wins on the year, so it's a perfect bounce-back game. Of course, making this game another big game for them. But like you said, Jeffrey Wilson didn't get the amount of carries he deserved. Um, But when you're down 24 in the first quarter, you can't establish a run game to give him that many carries and the the defense like you said there were so so many big plays so many plays 15 10 yards down the field uh poor tackling uh so I'll throw that to the hangover too they they went through a battle against UTSA and yeah the defense showed up that game but were basically weren't even there the whole FAU game and I mean fans I I think that they should be shouldn't be worried because I think UNT is still a top team in this conference, and I think that they'll still be able to put up a fight and contend for a conference title. But going on, I mean, they're going to have some tough competition: Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech. I mean, some some big games, and this week they're playing Old Dominion. Although they're in last place, it's no fluke. I, I mean, what do you have to say about true, that? True, true, but. The thing is, they do only need the six wins, and they play Old Dominion, Rice, and UTEP, who combined for three and eighteen. So to get to an actual bowl game, I think we're fine. I think we're secure with that. Pretty secure with that. But to win the conference, which is a goal of ours, and I do feel like six wins is going to be considered a disappointing season. Um, I I do think they still there should be no concern about making the bowl. What do you have as a score? I'm gonna go thirty-one twenty-four. Yeah, I feel like we're going to struggle a little bit. I feel like Old Dominion's, uh, they see our big loss, big game for them. I feel like they're going to come out, hit us with a punch. I do think we're going to hold on, and I hope we can get the lead early and establish Wilson to run. Yeah, I have UNT 28, uh, beating Old Dominion 28 to 10, but the defense is definitely going to have some trouble, but I think that they'll end up stopping them down in the red zone. Yeah, but the, the 10 points, that's it. I don't think they stop them. To only allow one touchdown, I think they Old Dominion does break for a few big plays. Um, just coming off, it's a big game for the team. So coming off that loss, uh, still some holes in the secondary. I don't think that you can go from sixty nine points to ten, 
necessarily, but they they got to run the ball. I mean, they they have to run Jeffrey Wilson. He's, if if he's not top five running backs, he's definitely in the top ten in the nation. Why would you stop running him? I don't I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand why you wouldn't feed that guy. And like like I said, the defense when you're down that many points, you can't fully establish. And then yeah, you in when you're dunking him the ball on pass plays, he's getting screens, he's getting flat routes, he's getting ten five five ten yards of play. That's not letting him be as explosive as he needs to be. So we can't utilize him. Uh, we're tough. That's a tough comeback. Uh, but like I said, just a tough game for the D. I think the defense needs to be sure. I think our offense is fine. Moving on to the MLB World Series. I had both both of these teams making it in my pre-postseason predictions, and I couldn't be happier about it. Every game has turned out how I predicted it. But, you know, <laughs> I, I still have the Dodgers winning it all because they have all – they have all-around talent, and they have a different swagger that kind of carries this team, and it really separates them from Houston. True, true, and that's why I feel yesterday's game, or game two, was probably one of the top top ten World Series games we've had in recent memory, and that's why it was so important that Houston did come back because going down 0-2 after you lose with both your aces, even coming home uh, is tough to come back from. But I ugh, Tough for me to say. I think it's going six or seven either way. I'm going to say L.A. just for the fact that they have Kershaw, who's going to pitch in at least two more games. But I, Houston's bad, and it's going to be rocking. Yeah, and they're going to have – I mean, you, they have Clayton Kershaw. They have you, Darvish. I mean, they, they got a loaded bullpen, but Houston's no fluke either. They have uh, Justin Verlander. They have uh, Dallas Keuchel, both – Kind of leading that team. Yeah, and then they have the best hitter on the planet. They have the best hitter left. And position by position. I mean, it's a it's such a close lineup battle, position by position. And then the you go to the bullpen, but like the Dodgers bullpen blew the game last night up five up five three. So you does that even it out? Yeah, you gotta. I, I'm a little worried because Houston, whenever they get some of their players hot and they get going, I mean, they're a streaky team. And you got Carlos Correa getting hot, Jose Altuve, J- Jerry Springer, is that his name? Yeah, Jerry George, Springer? George Springer, Springer, yeah. I mean, they, they all got going. They all started. Oh, yeah, he was he was a must to get going. And for him to hit the hit the game winner, I think, even propels him even more and gives me even more worried that the Dodgers can't hold on. He was 0 for 4. He had four strikeouts in game one. And going against Clayton Kershaw, being an AL team, they've never seen him before. So I feel like that's why they had the – why he was so – so dominant, and so I do feel like in that, at least next, by the third time they've seen them, they'll be hitting them pretty well. They, like I said, they have the best. If you look at the top three hitters on both teams, both sides, the Astros might have all three. Yeah, and I've heard some ridiculous stories throughout. I mean, through all day today, there have been stories about how the shade played a factor for the Dodgers, how playing an evening game at 5 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock is why the Dodgers lost. I, I just think that's nonsense. Yeah, well, don't make the World Series and don't play in <laughs> primetime games then if that's going to be your excuse. Um, but the Dodgers, they're 9, they're 14 deep on their team, so it's no fluke getting through them. And the Astros already pitched their two best pitchers. And I think you Darvish is better than McCullers and McHugh, McHugh, anybody else at the 
Astros can throw at him. It's going to be a tough, tough one for the Dodgers to pull out as they're headed to Houston. Coming up after the break, I will give you my quick hit segment, the top five college football draft prospects. Stay tuned. Na, 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 na. I love you so. I love you. I love you. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. We're here. It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. To find a neighborhood park or green space near you, visit discovertheforest.org. Welcome back. I'm here with your quick hit segment for the top five draft prospects for the 2018 NFL Draft. First up, I got Saquon Barkley running back. I mean, he's the best running back since Ezekiel Elliott. I think others think that he's the best running back since Adrian Peterson, but the first team that's going to get him, I mean, no problem. It's going to be the New York Giants. They have a dire need at the running back position. They have Orleans Dark West, their number one running back. They thought they had Paul Perkins as a legit starter. And they have Wayne Gallman, who is supposed to be their groomed running back. Really not looking too great. And I think that Saquon Barkley can be and have that Ezekiel Elliott type impact. Next up, I have Derwin James, safety from Florida State. He's a hard-hitting safety. He can play every single position. Uh, He plays defensive end, cornerback, safety. I mean, I'm sure he can play wide receiver, defensive line even. I mean, I think a perfect fit for him would be the Denver Broncos because they lost TJ Ward to the Buccaneers or my Dallas Cowboys since they lost Barry Church, their tackling machine. They're, They're missing that piece back there. You have Byron Jones, who's... I mean, he's he's okay at covering, but he's really not your best tackler out there. They have Xavier Woods, who has a lot of potential. But Derwin James is one of the best prospects that we've seen in qu- quite a while. I wanted Malik Hooker last year, but we've seen Malik Hooker have a Ed Reed type of rookie season, but he, he just tore his ACL. But Derwin James can have that same type of impact. Next up, I have Minka Fitzpatrick, defensive back from Alabama. He's a good all-around player. He can play both corner and safety, and he does just about everything right. He's always going to be that difference maker along the defensive line, or defense, I'm sorry, the defensive backs. He's been a leader throughout Alabama. Uh, Think a perfect fit for him. Uh, I would say, I don't know. You want to help me out on this one, Malik? Who Who do you think needs a defensive back? God, who in the league doesn't? The Cleveland Browns. Where they go to die. Oh, Cleveland. Um, Philadelphia, I think they're another corner. Helps them with domination. Um, My Chicago Bears could use another corner. I like that one. I'll I'll, I'll go with Chicago Bears on that one. I got Minka Fitzpatrick going to the Chicago Bears. Y'all heard it from us first. Next up, I have Baker Mayfield, quarterback out of Oklahoma. Uh, guys in here were saying that he's the Walmart brand Johnny Manziel, and I was saying, I mean, he plays with a chip on his shoulder and plays best when he's under those tough, difficult games. I think a perfect fit for him. I think he could go in the first or second round. Not really sure. It just depends how needy a team is, and I think the teams that would be willing to do that is the Jacksonville Jaguars, because they're going to have a late pick in the draft if they continue their success throughout the season. 
for the San Francisco 49ers if they decide to move back in the draft. Or they could end up taking this guy right here, Lamar Jackson, quarterback out of Louisville. Uh, he's a Michael Vick type of player. I, I wanted to say he'd fit in with Philadelphia just because I thought of Michael Vick whenever I watch him. But I, I have him fitting in with the 49ers, or he can go and die with the Browns, which is more than likely what's going to happen with that guy if Sam Darnold ends up not coming out of the draft. About the nation's Dallas Cowboys um, coming off, excuse me, coming off their win against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and to me, does the win get them back on track? To me, no, because once again, they beat who they were supposed to beat. Their wins, of course, are against the Giants, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. Three games that we expected them to win. Three games where our defense should have showed, um, should have showed up, which they did in both times. Zeke in all of those games, we had the lead and we pounded Zeke, which gave us the win. The thing that I think is going to show me that we are prepared is our next month, next stretch of games: Redskins, Chiefs, Falcons, Eagles. And in any of in all of those games, it's tough to put the Cowboys as a clear cut favorite. I don't think they're a clear cut favorite in any one of these games. With also we have Zeke suspension looming in the back, always an afterthought. And yeah, we're 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 getting it pushed back. It's looking like he's gonna get to play the whole season, but there is always a chance that the NFL suspends him uh, and drops him out. The game next week against Washington, I think, might be the biggest because that's probably the weakest offense out of all their opponents that they face and and they always play us tough they always play tough and without Josh Norman that that helps uh give Dez Bryant but I think Dez gets a double team um game against the Chiefs that's tough I don't think we have the defense to stop the Chiefs speed uh Hill Hunt Thomas uh, so I, I think the, the, that's a tough game right there the Falcons who do who do we have to shut down Julio is another question I have. And then my man, the MVP of the league, Carson Wentz, with his 6-1 and one Eagles, comes in um, playing like MVP. And a big statement game for him, him versus Dak. I think that's another great game. But saying that, I do think the Cowboys win this week 24-20 to 20, um, if we can get out to the early lead and pound Zeke. And I also think if Josh Norman is available to go, that that puts a lot of that puts a big strain on the team. Uh, that, that shuts down Dez. That takes Dez out the game, and I I think we need big plays against them to grab the lead. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Welcome back to Sports Zone Overtime, and now is our topic: the great big baller brand Lonzo Ball. Did his father Lavar Lavar overhype him coming into this season? Um, ugh. first game Patrick Beverly shut him down. Next game he goes for twenty nine against the Suns, and then last night he's uh. Two for eleven against the the Wizards in a in a big game, and the overhype. Let me start off. It's of course Levar overhyped him in a way that he put his name so much in the media. I think that Lonzo's he's never he wasn't a 
a dominant scorer in college. So I don't think you go from being a non-dominant scorer in college to being an all-star scorer in the NBA, just as Kawhi wasn't scoring early on his career. But like you said, watching yesterday's game against the Wizards in particular, the passes Lonzo was making, the decisions he was making were winning plays. The big He got the rebound. The rebounds he was getting, the assists he was getting, they were coming at the right time. So in that way, I don't think he's overrated. He's obviously got to get work on that jump shot, though. Yeah, I have Lonzo. I think that he's going to be an average player in his first year, maybe in his first couple years into his career. But maybe later on, he can be one of the better. I don't think he'll be great. I don't think he's going to be like a up in the category of LeBron James and Kevin Durant. I don't think he's going to be like that. I think he's going to be just about an average player, almost like a John Wall type of type of guy. But, I mean, I, his dad overhyped him. It, it's too much on the kid. He's He never really talked very much. And then his dad goes out there and talks for him. And he, he has to not only talk the talk, he has to be able to walk his own dad's talk. Yeah, and, and I think the thing about that is early on when Lonzo's in high school, when he's in college, Lonzo was better than those players. So he's over – he was – LeVar is doing the same thing that he was doing back then, and he could back it up because Lonzo is just purely better at basketball. Now that he's in the NBA, he's not better than a lot of people, and it's no knock on him. It's just everybody It's the best league in the world. Everybody's good, so you're not going to be able to dominate as quickly as you can. I think with talent, Lonzo will be better, and he'll shine more. He's going through UCLA, one of the top college teams. He had uh, Bryce Alford, uh, Holt. He had a lot of help with UCLA. And um, even in his AAU team playing with his three brothers, he was he was great with it. But now let's switch to the Golden State Warriors. But, yeah, it's the talent that Lonzo plays with, I think when he gets the, the two superstars who they're most likely going to get over the summer and he has uh, opportunities to give them opportunities, he doesn't have to close games. Clearly last night showed that Brandon Ingram is going to be the closer for the team. Who do you who do, would you say is better of the brothers, Alonzo or Melo? And his cradle is gonna leave Leangelo right out. But I would say <laughs> I'm giving I'm going with the ones that have the most hype. Man, ugh. I'm gonna say say Lonzo. Lamelo's a great a great scorer, but the way that seeing um seeing the way Patrick Beverly. And you can't compare. We're comparing an NBA, an to, NBA a high school, to a high, high school, school junior <laughs> right now. But if if I'm a, if not even high school, he, he dropped out. I think that Pat, if Patrick Beverly gave it to Lonzo like that, I think in Lamelo's first game, especially at his size, I think that he he gets bullied. But a, his jumper would carry, so I think he'll be a better shooter. And putting him with Lonzo, he'll be open. Lonzo will find him for some corner threes. So I think they're complementing each other. I'm going to interrupt you real quick with some breaking news. The Cowboys have released one of the best backup quarterbacks in football. Quarterback Kellen Moore is finally away from the team. I mean, this should have happened about a year and a half ago, but Scott Linehan is just an idiot and is in love. I'm sure he's crying in the corner somewhere right now. But, uh, I mean, you got anything to say to that in the league? Praise God, Dave. <laughs> Kellen Moore is out of a job. Um, it's the Cooper Rush era. Yeah, let's let's get in. I can't even take him serious. Let's get in. Yeah, Cooper Rush. Team's been looking at him. He got a few looks at the end of the preseason, but um, 
let's switch now topics to the Golden State Warriors. Do you think at times that they get sort of a pass? You a lot of Steph Curry threw his mouthpiece at the ref, didn't get suspended for a game. Draymond's arguing with refs. How do you feel about that? I mean, they're one of the best teams. I don't think that they should be able to just kind of do whatever they want and kind of make up an excuse and everyone believes their excuse. I think that their emotions do get the best of them during that game. But also, they are one of the best teams. They've won two championships in three years, and they're a super team, and they're talked as one of the best teams of all time. Yeah, but you see you see Steph hit a three, and he's shimmying and dancing in the hole. You see Josh... Uh, it's entertaining. Josh Bell throwing balls off the backboard and dunking them with, with two minutes left in the game, and the whole, whole bench is... It's just going crazy, and I feel like if LeBron James does that, then it's a problem. It's a whole media story. But for Steph, and then for Steph not to be suspended for in game what three of the season throwing his mouthpiece at the ref and something you should, and that's the second time he's done that in his career. He did that over the playoffs uh, two years ago too. And I I saw some NBA news. I saw Josh Jackson got suspended for for a for a hand gesture. a hand gesture. <laughs> Now we're not we're not here to promote gun violence, but for Josh Jackson to do that to a fan who's heckling him the entire game, pregame, in his ear every time he comes down the court, and for Steph to Steph to throw his mouthpiece at an NBA official because he's frustrated at a call while they're losing the game. Would you, would you say Draymond Green is one of the dirtiest players? Ooh. Feel free to jump yes, in, Charity. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, I do not like him. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, um, man, it's and it's always tough. I think the thing with dirty players in the league is I think that they're necessary in a way. Not in a way of ever trying to – I don't think you should ever try to sprain an ankle or any, any extra thing like that. But I do think you need a Draymond Green-type player to be successful, like you need a Matthew Dellavedova, you need a Patrick Beverly type player. That always helps. Y'all, I'm going to come in real quick. Draymond Green, bro, he gets away with a lot of stuff. Like going up to the ref and yelling at him and getting in his ear. What other player can do that? None. And that's None. what I mean. <laughs> Just because you're a good team doesn't mean you should get away with this stuff like this. If LeBron James walked up to a ref and was yelling at him, that man will be suspended for, like, the rest of the season. And, and y'all can't argue with it because it's true. It is. And we, we hear the LeBron baby talk all the time, and the Warriors complain to the rest the same Warriors, way. Everybody and, complains. Everyone complains, but just because LeBron has that, like, media attention, you're going to see it more. The Warriors just get away with all kinds of dirty play. I mean, they have Draymond Green and Zaza Pachulia. We've seen Zaza's plays that he made all Zaza last season. Zaza injured Kawhi Leonard, bro. <laughs> You injured a MVP <laughs> All Star, bro. But I think the reason why it they was on accident, though, it was That's on accident. Said, I guess it was on accident. The reason why, and then see, even that Zaza made a regular defensive play, but the fact that he hurt somebody, the fact that it made it look like it's pur- purposeful, it shows a lot of the shows what the Warriors do. But something else I want to say is the maybe it, it sucks to say it's the reason, but when you're the best, you get that type of leeway and. People love to watch the Warriors play. Their games are sold out. Their games are fun. So imagine Steph Curry being – imagine them taking Steph Curry out of that, taking Clay, taking KD out of that whole situation. I think that's the ratings 
plays a factor into it too. Sadly, as sad as it is, it's true. And going along with that top team and the Warriors, I'm really excited to see the matchups that Oklahoma City is going to give them with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, uh, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, the Thunder's looking pretty dang good. It's, it's going to be a, a tough, tough, tough series for those Warriors. And I, I think they pull it off. I still think the Warriors pull it off. You got to beat the champ to be the champ. But I, I want Russ to beat KD so bad. Yeah, um, I think Russ can do it. He never had the team around him to help him out. It was always a one-man show with him. But, I mean, he's got two other elite players around him. But may, yeah. maybe losing one next season with the rumors of Paul George going to the Lakers next season. You Do you believe in that? I think a lot of it depends on how this year ends up. I think if they're out, if they're out before the conference finals and they don't compete with the um, Warriors, and if they when they do get to the conference finals, I think he should leave. If they beat those Warriors, they take the Warriors six or seven, it's a few controversial losses. I think you should stay and give it one more roll because I don't think you get better in LA, especially if it's just you. And yeah, you and Lonzo, I, the LeBron James factor would help, obviously, for him, too, to know that LeBron's coming to L.A. If, in, if sure he is, no, no clue yet. Could, could we call these triplets the next Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden? I'm calling them the next three-way we see Chris Paul, LeBron, James Harden. I think LeBron's going to Houston if he's leaving Cleveland. Oh, oh no, I was just referring to, like, previous – like the big three. like a couple years back, Russell Westbrook still young, had James Harden on the same team, oh. Kevin Durant on the same team. Oh yeah, I think they're better you than think that. This I think team. they're better than that three, just because Russ is smarter. Russ is better. I think ooh, at this point in his career, Paul George is better than Harden was at that point. Same assets, and he's a better defender, six ten, and of course Hoodie Mello. And uh, going on, uh, staying in the Western Conference though. Are Dallas Mavericks, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr., can he carry this team? Carry is a strong, strong word to put on his back at such a young age. I think he'll have the stats. He'll be our, he'll be our leading scorer. He should be the leader of our team. We can't rebound, and we, we're going to struggle to play defense. So it's looking like it's either we trade for that superstar or we sadly are in the middle of the pack missing out on another top draft pick again and you hate you can't tank with Dirk on your roster that's the toughest that's the we're we're in a bad spot i mean i i think Dennis Smith and Harrison Barnes once Dirk leaves i think that both of them together could carry this team but they'll need a lot of help Wesley Matthews has kind of come into his own uh, Nerlens Noel needs to be that player that they thought that they were getting in him they have a, a young guy in Yogi Ferrell who has a lot of upside. I mean, this is a young team, and they do have a lot of potential, but defensively, they're having some struggles. Yeah, and a few years ago, about five, six years ago, I think if you have this team, I think we're a threat. But now it's there's too much firepower for you not to be able to rebound and not for you to give teams two, three opportunities. There's the they Even if we, we are a playoff team in Dallas, I don't see us beating Houston. I don't see us beating Oklahoma City. We, are, of course, beat the San Antonio Spurs. That's just what Dirk does. But uh, that's bold. What? That's bold. <laughs> I got to come back in for that. What? 
If we're in the playoffs, what? you heard it here first. Greg Dirk Popovich? You think Greg Popovich is about to lose in the playoffs against Dirk, the Mavs? I would love, I would love for the Mavs You're to beat the Spurs. Here. I would love the Mavs. If, if we That's get to the playoffs. I don't That's know if happening. that would happen. That's not. They're going to be going to the playoffs. Let's just say that. If they I go there a low, low seed, and they're getting four games out. Oh, yeah. Don't be one round. And they'll be one oh, we're, we're beating the Spurs. But for me, <laughs> personally, <laughs> as, a, as a Mavs fan, at this point, I would prefer us to trade Dirk. Let oh, Dirk get his ring. Let, let Dirk say where he wants to go. Send Dirk to the Spurs. Send Dirk to the Warriors. And let's get let's let's re, re, rebuild. Because we're at this point, we're not going to add another super. You can't win without three superstars. We don't only have. I don't. We don't have one, right now. How in the world are you? Are you a Mavericks fan? I got to know this. You, oh, you we, can't be. You can't be a Mavericks for, fan. You. But it's there is no way that you are a Mavericks fan if you want Dirk Nowitzki. To be traded. Now you don't want him to be traded, but you want him to see a ring, and we can't tank right now because he's got one. Kobe didn't get a ring, like in his last couple of seasons. So, and that's that's sad. You know, we didn't get to see playoff Kobe for the last five years. Look what we thought of. I think because of those last four years that we didn't see Kobe compete, to me that tarnished it. I don't want to say tarnishes his legacy. But that's recent basketball. That's my most recent memory of Kobe is him walking off the field hurt on uncompetitive Laker teams. Could having Dennis Smith revive Dirk Nowitzki and maybe give him but a couple more years? I, for for maybe how that could be possible. That's putting a lot of pressure. I on, say I say three years. Three years. I think that's putting. Pre- I think Dirk has a max of two, but I think that that puts a lot of pressure on Dennis Smith to come to his own in two years. And coming up after the break, a lot of good talking right here. We're going to play a new game here called Who Runs? Y'all stay tuned. UNT is more than 125 years in the making. To find new solutions, we create a new point of view. We know what's possible when creativity, originality, and independent thought converge. We're ranked a Tier 1 research university. We're home to excellence the size of Texas. Define your future at UNT and soar to new heights. Welcome back, everyone. We are here and we're about to play a new game called Who Runs? This is uh, where we will decide who runs a city or state. First question, who runs the NFC and AFC? Hmm. That's a tough one. That is a mighty tough one. For the AFC right now, I think that championship road still runs through Tom Brady. Defense defense is shaky, um, but it's Tom Brady, and we've seen him down before. We've seen him down 28-3, come back. I think you always got to respect him. Tom still got the offense moving as much as he can, even with that struggling defense, and they came to life uh, last week. For the AFC, for the NFC, I'm sorry. Uh, right now, right now, as you look, numbers don't lie. It's Carson Wentz, and it's the Eagles running the NFC in the tough. It's a tough division either way. Both of them. Ooh, I have. I think AFC. Who? I'm. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that uh, if they can get over the kryptonite of the New England Patriots, I think that they 
uh, have a legitimate shot to maybe win a Super Bowl this season despite all the off-field distractions and Martavis Bryant, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, all those big guys all winning the ball at the same time. But I guess that's a good problem to have as that team. And NFC, ooh. Don't fail. It doesn't run through Dallas anymore. It doesn't run through Green Bay right now. Um, it's just cart like the Eagles are the next pick. It's no more Eagle. It's no more Packers. I'm, no more I'm Cowboys. Gonna, I'm gonna stick with my pre my preseason and my biased biasness. Not sure if that's a word, but biased opinion. I am gonna go with my Dallas Cowboys. I think that with these close games, they they kept up with Aaron Rodgers and took him into the last few seconds who if Aaron Rodgers is still healthy more than likely would end up going to another Super Bowl this year and I know Philadelphia is having a really successful season but you know Dallas Cowboys don't mess around whenever Philadelphia whenever they come to town or whenever Philly comes to Dallas I mean it's 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 going to be a grudge match but I think Dallas is going to pull out those games but true with that true with that but and, and now I think that, that Dallas has a great chance to win the division. That was a tough – that's tough. Do they beat the Chiefs? Can they beat the Fal- – these are the remaining teams they have. Chiefs, Falcons, the non-divisional teams. Chargers, Raiders, Seahawks. Chiefs? Uh, it's going to be close. I don't think they have enough defense to beat the Chiefs or the, the Falcons. Well, the Falcons are struggling right now. I think that they'll pick that up at some point. And I think they're waiting for this week 10 against Dallas. I think, I think that Dallas against the Chiefs is going to be a really close one. I think I think Dallas can pull it out, but, ah, oh man. I mean, the Chiefs' defense isn't looking too hot either. Oh, no. Uh, no. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay. I'm going to say the Cowboys will barely just edge right by them because I think they have the corners to keep up with Tyreek Hill. Another problem. But Byron Jones has to keep Travis Kelsey in the line. Another problem I see with Dallas is we these all are looking like close games. They I, I could see see I could legitimately legitimately see them in a close game for the rest of the season. We lost Dan Bailey. Game winning, and I don't care. And I know kicking is kicking. Dan Bailey is the most accurate kicker in NFL history. We 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 have Mike Nugent kicking the ball now. He 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 was just picked up this week. He wasn't on uh, any of the thirty twos roster, so that says something. At that, in a big game, can we trust him to hit the forty five fifty yard game winning field goal? Mike Nugent had. He had he had a little bit of success over in Cincinnati, and I think that once, I think that once they brought in that competition in his last season over there, and when they cut him, it really hurt his ego. And I think now that he's getting the chance, and he's he knows that there's no one there that he can lose the kicking job to. I think that he could you could maybe depend on him for a forty-five yard field goal, but he is. On the Dallas Cowboys now. If he yeah, wanted, he's got to make If he it. wanted he pressure, he's going to have everybody watching his next game, everybody watching his next kick. Hey, if, if all goes wrong, just put in Jeff Heath. He didn't look too bad. And then, let yeah, and then let's throw out a safety to get the game-winning field goal for <laughs> us. And then going back to the AFC with Pittsburgh, the problem with that I, is, I like what you said, Pittsburgh can't beat the Patriots. 
But the Patriots can't beat the Chiefs. But the Chiefs can't beat the Steelers. That's, so it, I think it all depends on seeding with the AFC. Yeah, I think I think that if Pittsburgh can get through New England, I think it's I think they're going to be a shoo-in for that national title. But going on to the staying in the NFL, but moving on to the next question: Who runs Texas in the NFL this season? The Dallas Cowboys or Houston Texans? Right now, it hurts. It oh, it makes me so it. sick. It. it makes me so sick. I like both teams that, but it's tough. that I would ever ever say, um, blank is better, and they're from that that city. But Houston is running Texas right now in football. I think if you match up Cowboys and Texans, uh, I think Deshaun. I think Deshaun's offense is. Uh, I got. I, I gotta go with the Texans. I I think I'm gonna go. I mean, it's it's just gonna be biased. It's I'm gonna say the Cowboys, but if the Texans end up being the best team in the NF or best team in Texas this season, I'm not gonna be surprised at all. Deshaun Watson, I don't know if I would say he's better than. They're too different. Dak, that, yeah, Dak Prescott yeah. his rookie year and Deshaun Watson this year is so different. Deshaun Watson likes to just sling it down the field. And, I think I mean, they're yeah. Deshaun slings it. Dak's more calm, but. Both going into a game-winning drive. Um, if you're gonna take both teams, and I use this example just because they're the they're the the gold standard for the league. If it's week 16, you need a win. Game-winning drive. It's cold. It's 28 degrees in Foxborough when they're playing the Patriots. I'm not like it's pick and choose with Dak and and Deshaun. I don't think either of them fold in that situation, which makes it. The, the game even more more tough and both both of them are in have played in the big games and been successful so I don't think it comes down to them I think it comes down to supporting cast and defense and we saw I don't know if you were watching the game a couple uh, I think that was week two or week three when the Houston Texans traveled over to Foxborough and and went through almost beat throw the for Patriots. Throw. they lost because they didn't have the ball last. That's that's I think that's true too, and they also have who I think Deontay Foreman. He needs to be that starting running back for that team. Lamar Miller, he's always average under four yards per carry. But this this rookie from Texas, Deontay Foreman, is legit. Um, y'all are gonna hear it from me first, but he is gonna be one of the best running backs that Houston has had since uh, since Arian Foster. But this guy is a power back. He's fast. He has. I mean. It seems like he's nobody can tackle him. He can catch the ball. I mean, he's a matchup nightmare for teams. And, I mean, Cowboys, they got Ezekiel Elliott, who's just as dominant, but he's established his dominance already. And that's just – that's why this choice is so hard. You really oh, yeah. can't – it's really hard to choose. It's a good game. I hope we get this game next year. I've been waiting to see it in the regular season for a while. But now I'll ask you, what city – is the best sports city in America right now? Mm. Uh, got charity over here throwing up Houston signs. Uh, I think it's gonna be. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang. Man, to I, I, I'll go right now, like right, right at this moment, the best sports today city. with every sport going on right now. Houston, it's it's got it does have to be Houston because. All of their teams are having success down there, but 
Los Angeles is a close second. I mean, they have two, I mean, right now the San Diego Chargers, they're not first in the AFC West, but I mean, they're putting up one heck of a dang fight out, up there. And they have a, there's, oh, what's the other team I'm trying to think of? The Rams. The LA Rams. I'm Todd Gurley. I'm, I was talking about this earlier. It's, it's kind of interesting that they have both Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley in the same city who when they were both in the both in the 2015 draft I mean there was questions on who was going to be picked first Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley and both of these guys have established themselves as some of the best backs in the NFL right now so maybe maybe one day we'll see a matchup between those two guys and we'll see but right now Houston's having the most success uh, in the NBA and uh, NFL I mean they have a lot of call, like good college football down there. They have the Houston Cougars. Haven't really been keeping up with that team. Uh, I think they're all right this year. Not the same with Tom oh, yeah. Herman going. Of course, yeah, without uh, Ward, Greg Ward. But I, for me, tough. It's it's a toss up. But I would say L.A. Just the star power. The star power is more in L.A. than it is in Houston, and the star power is showing out. Um, they have the best pitcher in baseball. If Clayton Kershaw, um, just the star, the amount of stars, different stars they have. Puig, the different big names that they have on the team. Uh, Sam Darnold, big name quarterback. Josh Rosen for UCLA, another big name. Uh, you got Lonzo playing with the Lakers, and you have the the Ball family at UCLA basketball. And then Jared Goff is Blake Griffin. Yeah, don't forget about him. Can't forget about the Clippers. You got Blake. You got Law. Yeah, you. You have Lob City, which is looking like they're not they're they're playing almost better without Chris Paul than when they had with them at points. So just with all that, but it's there's more going on out in LA in in Houston. But I, I it could all change with the World Series with them winning the World Series and game like game five, game three Friday um, is gonna be to be in that stadium, man. It's gonna be crazy. Let. Yeah. If Houston wins this World Series and the Texans go to the playoffs, uh, that even... town is going to go insane. I can't even imagine the amount of social media, all the posts that's going to be happening. Uh, Charity Blackman over here, she's going to be posting all the time, probably talking about it. Look, it's... just being from the city of Houston, you got to understand, we're like the little brother to Dallas, and we finally <laughs> get to shine. I'm so happy. I'm going to go away again. Where, but but and now, I, and as usual, if the Cowboys are deep in the playoffs, if the Cowboys are successful, they trump everybody. They trump every other every other sport. They can pick up the Rangers and they can carry the Mavs. If the, if the Dallas <laughs> if the Dallas the Dallas Cowboys are the most popular team in America, I think that's what makes. So them. we're ha- a, a, all now. We might not be the best sports town. But we definitely, we get the most, we definitely get the most recognition. And if the Cowboys ever somehow make it to the in that curse and make it to the Super Bowl, I don't think that's and happening win. this year. And win, even if we can get to the NFC uh, championship game, which I don't think is happening this year. Come on, um, I, Dak, and let's let's get Zeke's name cleared as well. And then I, I doubt the Cowboys themselves just being as big as they are. I think it really. More than any other team. More than the Yankees can pick up New York almost. 
since I mean, uh, since we're not a part of ESPN or a certain thing, I'm gonna go like Barstool Sports right here. I'm gonna say free Zeke. He, I, mean, I don't think he did anything. I think I think he's totally innocent. I think the NFL is crooked as crap with Roger Goodell. Uh, he needs to go. But next question right here, going to college football. Just thought of this: who who's gonna make the playoff and who is gonna win the playoff? Right now, top four for me. I'm going to say Alabama. It's so tough when you're talking about the Big 12 because of the, the parity. I'm going to say TCU is going to run that table, though. Hopefully they do so. TCU will get a spot. I think Ohio State. I think Ohio State beats Penn State, and I think they beat Michigan at the end of the year, thus putting them against Wisconsin. I think it's going to be a spot between those two. And I'm going to go with uh, Ohio State winning that. So that's three. Uh, and I, I can't stand Notre Dame. But they, they, if they run the table, they've, um, their only loss is to Georgia. So I think it really comes to Notre Dame and Georgia who gets that next, that next loss and which one of them runs it. Georgia, if they're undefeated, they play Alabama, which I think if they lose that in the conference championship, that it's, it's no big deal. If, if it does, so I think either uh, – I'm going to give that spot to Notre Dame right now. To win it all, I think it's coming back to Buckeye Nation, of course. Uh, JT Barrett's got the offense playing. We're scoring 50 points a game. Our athletes are coming around. Uh, we're a young team. Uh, Mike Weber's one of the best, running, under, most underrated backs in the league. Uh, JT Barrett's one of the best winners. I think it's us. I think we get another round with Bama. Okay. So what I have, I'm going to say it's going to be, I think there's going to be a huge shakeup in these next couple weeks. I have, Number one, uh, I mean, Saban's going to take his team, number one. It's going to be Alabama. Ooh, second. Oh, I want to say Clemson if Kelly Bryant can stay healthy. I think that, I think that besides Alabama, I think every single one of these teams that are going to make the playoffs are going to have a one like one loss. So okay. I'm going to say uh, Kelly Bryant and the Clemson Tigers. Ooh, number three. Now, Tarangi, we got Alabama, Penn State, Georgia, TCU, Wisconsin, Ohio State. I, I like Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin has something going on up there. Yeah, they have the easier road. They don't have to play uh, Penn State. Now, they could end up like Michigan State a couple years back and be playing Alabama and just get absolutely blown out and look like a team that should have never made the playoffs. But I'm going to go – I'm going to go Oklahoma. I think the Big 12 has improved since since, uh, previous years. I think that Oklahoma is going to defeat TCU, and I think Oklahoma is going to take that fourth spot but it's going to be really close. It's if Notre I don't I don't trust Notre Dame. Notre Dame is going to more than likely take it to there's two games left. They they've have one loss. They're going to lose a game. Yeah, They're going to I, totally be eliminated. And if I remember they have US USC. They already played Stanford. I'm pretty sure they already played uh Stanford. Their games against USC and Stanford are tough. So, if they can get through that, I think if Notre Dame only has one loss, and that loss is to number two or three Georgia, yeah, it's a toss up. I think it's gonna get crazy. It's gonna be a crazy next few weeks for college football, though. Definitely gonna be a tough, uh, tough college football playoff. 
a great podcast talking a little bit about NFL, some Ezekiel Elliott news, some NBA news, some uh, Houston hype over here. Make sure everyone follows at NT Sports Zone on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Everybody, I'm Garen Chance. I'm here with Malik Wright. Nice show tonight, guys. With um, Charity Blackman is our producer. Hey, guys. Um, let's go, Bears. Uh, bear down for our Super Bowl run. Hey, we them boys, baby. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. <laughs>